Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You've tuned in to Man Up. Heard each and every Saturday evening at 8. Where host Antonio Delgado, Carl Kozlowski, and Ron Pearson, along with their guests, take a stand for modern manhood. Stand up and man up, America. And now, your hosts, Antonio, Carl, and Ron. Welcome to Man Up. Man Up? Yeah. New episode coming up right here, episode 36. And here in Glendale at KRLA AM 870, The Answer. And today I am joined by... Ron, the Murphal Married Man Pearson, and filling in for Carl, double portion, hold the dessert, Kozlowski, we have... Jim the Nutty Professor Hope. Come on, Jim. (laughs) Jim the Nutty Professor Hope. (laughs) So glad you're here. And as always, I'm Antonio Delgado, the Jet Degenerate. Yeah, uh, I can't. Even by the say way, it. you can't even say it because you're just recovering, dude. <laughs> a little bit too many tequilas for breakfast today. <laughs> by the way, tell them who our fabulous guest is. We have the fabulous, ladies and gentlemen, the prognosticator of all the weather in the Southland, the wizard, the rain man, the Zeus himself. Fritz Coleman. Fritz, Fritz Coleman. Yes. Fritz. Like that. What it's a great Fritz. comedian who yeah, I've been fantastic. working with for 30 years. Jim, you've worked with him. Yes, yes. And a couple of things. Actually, when he uh, hosted later on NBC, I was working on that show at the time. And he came That's in. He right. was fantastic. And he's Gosh. a lovely man. Yeah. yeah. I love him. Yeah. Terrific. I love him. Terrific. Yeah. We're, we're going to have fun with him on later on. And on this show, let's, let's, show, let's tell him what our motto is. Our motto is small minds talk about things. Sorry. I ruined it. <laughs> The let's only let's one. get a new motto. Yeah, new motto. We like cheese. Yeah. That's yeah. our new That's motto. That's it. That's yes. Cheese. Finally, cheese. I've been pushing for What's that for months. What's your favorite cheese? I'm gonna go with American. I'm a camembert guy, but okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with American because I like America. America. Uh, no, her motto is: Small minds talk about people. Average minds talk about things. Great minds. Talk about on uh, <laughs> talk about ideas. Talk about ideas. And is on what this they do. show, we, we got, got all, all three and it's a up, few extras. It seems, <laughs> and it's up for you to decide who is who. Man, but, but, Carl, you really don't appreciate Carl until he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Carl. Oh, that's the sound of a tear. <laughs> oh my God! Your, your tears are little cats running down your cheek. Apparently, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Ron, I haven't seen you for a while. I wasn't here at the last show. What you been up to? Well, my check-in for today, basically, <clears throat> I am. I I don't know if I can hear all week long. It's just been impeachment, 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 oh, impeachment, no. impeachment, impeachment. My son, I said, he needs a new binder. I said, should I get you a peachy? And I heard peach. I just threw up a little bit in the back of my mouth right there. Then my wife said, would you like a peach pie? I threw up again, just a little bit in my mouth. I honestly, it's too much. I can't take it anymore. Talk about overload for the senses. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, it seems kind of boring, doesn't it? I mean, I'm bored by it. At least the one involving Bill Clinton had to do with some, you know, sexual scandal, which made it a little bit more interesting. Said the degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one had you riveted. You're like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> 
What is this one? A phone conversation? Right. What, did it have 976 to start with? If it didn't, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not following it, to be honest, man. I, it, I am following it, you? actually. And well, I, that's why I probably can't take it anymore. But it's also an exercise in futility. We know that because we know that Senate's not going to do it. And so, I mean, it's like it's it's a big show. Yeah, it's, a sh- it's honestly it's, a show. We're really upset. We don't. These guys, they don't it's like politics. the president. Not- They're doing this thing. It's same thing happened with Clinton. They knew that he wasn't going to be actually impeached. They knew it was going to be fine. It's just one of these things where it's like, okay, it's going to well, be Well, one involved a, uh, standards of a court of law. Right. Another involves no standards of a court of law. Well, there's that. Well, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, there's that. that. There's that little. If thing. you care about yeah. law yeah. and what's right and what's wrong, well, that's yeah. one thing. <laughs> but if you just want to, hey, let's have yeah. some entertainment. Let's put on the show. I'm just surprised that Democrats decided to hang their hat on this particular issue. To be honest, man. I mean, this is the issue really that they want to hang their hats on. I mean, yeah. I mean, people are gonna probably gonna side with Trump after this because they're gonna be like, man, they're really going after him over nothing. It yeah, seems like well, that, well that's, that's not actually what happened to Clinton. That's what happened to Clinton. And exactly. it was yeah. actually something because no, yeah, that yeah. was a, uh, an actual rape allegation. It was a court case. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a sexual court harassment case. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. That, that was, a that was uh, to, for want of a better word, a, a sexier prosecution in the sense that there was more interesting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is somebody heard a conversation that might have been ha- heard by somebody else that may have been. Right now, it's hold just on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, that was just a little bit of throw up in the back of my mouth. I actually checked Honestly, up for a while. I was asleep while I was talking, as a I matter of fact. I can't I take no it. Yeah. yeah, people were telling us that there were some people recommending that we talk about that as, this on the show. I was like, no. No, no, no. please. So no. let's not. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's enough. Well, here's why. <laughs> yeah. I think we represent the average man. I'm yeah. the married man. You're the crazy single <laughs> man. <laughs> newly single man. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> and Carl is the, can I find a woman somewhere, man? <laughs> And Jim is a happily married man. Happily married, but but yeah. so we represent the average man out there. Are we experts in law? I am not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I think I know what truth is. I can smell truth when I hear it and see it. Yeah. And that's what we try and throw out on this show. And and I, I just don't like it when it's all politics. I'd rather have I'd rather have truth and then just go on from there. Which actually brings me to my check in. Okay, I yeah, love it. As a matter of fact, good segue I, by the way. I made it no, genius. I, yes, I made a huge <laughs> mistake. Professor, I've been rock bottom. <laughs> I made a huge. I had made a huge mistake with my wife this week. Uh, oh, yes. haven't we all? Yes. By the way, all three of us are currently married or have been married yes, degenerate. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I made a You huge... ever make a mistake yeah. with your wife? Oh, dear God. <laughs> I mom mistakes. A- apparently marrying her. Uh, that would be the first mistake that he made. So, sir, did you forget uh, no, to lock no, your no, phone? I, what yeah. happened? No. I made a huge mistake with my wife. I told the truth. Oh, that is what? like So she asked you a problem. question. She asked Do I look me fat in she, these jeans? No, what, no, not that. She she was talking about <laughs> shopping. Shopping for dresses. Okay. okay. And she was about three minutes in. Do I like in. fat in this dress? No. <laughs> she was talking about shopping for dresses. And three minutes in, she looked at me. I don't know what my face was doing, but she looked at me and said, are you getting bored? <laughs> oh. And this is what I said. I said, no. I started out bored. No. I'm now catatonic. I might have a seizure soon. You, s- you might need a tongue depressor to save my life. <laughs> you said that? That Yes. That might be, <laughs> that might the, be the dumbest thing I've ever said to my wife. <laughs> but it just kind of flowed right out. You know one of those things where you're just like, it's going. And you're like, this is great stuff. And there's no audience to listen. Just the wife that you're saying it to. Dude, the, that's a mistake. The, the first mistake was going with her, man. <laughs> yeah. That was the first mistake. <laughs> 
Why did you even go? I'm a moron, as it turns out. Okay, so I'm a comedian also. For those of you who don't know Jim, he's a great comedian. And comedians just have a thing. Once you get on a line, we don't back off. We put the pedal down and we go full force and the work is there it's right in front of you, you honestly it's brilliantly it. written the way you oh, said it's nice it was it's genius well it so was tight so tight so tight and no audience but the woman that i'm saying it to who is not enjoying it <laughs> so what was your punishment uh, well you know come on <laughs> we all we know, all know what it is <laughs> <laughs> we know the punishment we're, we're, we're men of action lonely i am yeah. so lonely <laughs> But no, she's fantastic, but I should not have done that. But I love your wife, yeah, by the way. She's fantastic. She's yes. We both have great wives. So did you buy her a dress? Yeah, please. Many dresses now. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah it's, more, it's multiple. It's multiple dresses. Dresses. No, did yeah. you buy a dress that day? For me, I had to wear it. <laughs> she made me wear it for the next week. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about the dress today. <laughs> Are you identifying at this point? Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, as long as the bathrooms are multi-generational in general or whatever they are. Oh, I actually, seriously, yeah. I have tears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What's your check-in there, uh, Antonio? Nothing, guys. I just missed a show. I was uh, working, uh, air quotes, working. Uh, you say that, but for people that don't know, Antonio's a guy that came to this country as a young boy, grew up in L.A., mm-hmm. and he's built himself up to... Seven law offices? Yeah, give or take. You've yeah. been very successful, take. brother. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> Not so a mathematician. You say working in, in yeah. quotes, like you have to do some work yeah. at some point, right? Yeah, but I do at some point. I do a lot of You're delegation. You're man. I know you. I delegate a You're lot of You're not an idiot. <laughs> no. Hey, delegating is part of what's genius about life. Like, yeah, that's true. That's so true. You try and do everything yourself. Micromanagers don't do so well yeah. often. And and I find and I you know I always looking for my weakness and if I find a weakness in myself I, always, I already know your weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called <Hey>. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Making a romantic decision. <laughs> yeah, I can't hire anyone to help me with that one. Though. <laughs> but I was talking more about like too much information. <laughs> I was meaning more like oh okay like let's say I have I have bad bad organizational skills so i hire someone who's very organized to help me out oh okay yeah you know stuff yeah. like that ron okay. stuff like oh. that oh. well if your nickname is the degenerate i automatically think you're going as the unorganized degenerate <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so let's get to our stories gentlemen and now the lee story first male birth control injection almost ready uh, what what say it again uh, the first milk, birth control injection almost ready. You see? No, 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 no. Wait, the word that stuck out to me was injection, injection. for a male? <laughs> what? Yes. Where? What? Wait, what are they talking exactly. about? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Let me read this out. Uh, would men endure a shot below the belt line to prevent pregnancy? Okay. I'm done. Indian, <laughs> you have prevented pregnancy. Right there you now. go. Indian researchers think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. How hard was that? What? Who did they survey, right? Oh my what? gosh. So basically, yes, you inject yourself, you know exactly where. Yourself? You have to do it yourself? You don't have a professional doing yeah. it? <laughs> no. Hey, give me that. <laughs> That's even more, yeah, immediately. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to go bull riding instead. I've got plenty of other things I don't. I can do other than that. I'll scrape my tongue with a, a, a clam knife. Oh, my God. It, and it's from India, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, so, there's things in America that are oh kind of like in the same... Uh, Americans are developing the same kind of drugs, but it's still in the in the you know researching phase but eventually but, but, it'll come but, here so let's just 
put this straight out. Yes. You inject yourself in, in the, the privates. Yes. Yeah. But not yourself, but a professional no. injection <laughs> in the yeah. private. And it's male birth control. Yes. And it lasts one time for apparently 13 years. Yes. Well, How wait, do they wait, know? Wait. <laughs> 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 the poor <laughs> mice. The poor know? mice. Oh, that'll be about... Uh, 12 and a half, 13 and a half. I mean, what if, what if, right? I mean, how can it be approximately any period of time? It's like, well, you know. they know because it falls off for 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. You have no interest for 13 years. As soon as you start getting interest again, then you have to go. Yeah, what if you day. change your mind, right? You're like, it's I mean, crazy. Think, think about it. You, you took the shot when you were oh, in your 20s. God. Yeah. And that thing's going to last until you're like late 30s, you yeah. know? Yeah. No. So you, uh, I know. <laughs> how do they know? Do they know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and of course, it's from India. One point three billion, billion people. people. They need it. <laughs> they, they said if you lined the country up four abreast and marched them into the sea, they say the line would never end. Are they multiplying in line? <laughs> wait, wait. Let me say this. How, does how did they know? How did they know? <laughs> I think they're multiplying in line. Yeah, they must be. There must be. Yeah, they haven't had the shot. You didn't get the RSVP when they made them all line up. Right, right. I and think there's a way, way easier kind of birth control. Honestly, just watching videos of kids screaming at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> just show that to anybody and you are done. Apparently, they have a cheaper version than oh, the God. injection. Oh, God. Yes. What it involves it? vice grips, duct tape, and a hammer. <laughs> By the way, they said they said that the success rate was ninety seven point three percent. Right, that's not good enough for no, my book. No. <laughs> yeah, you're giving yourself a shot, and you're like, "Hey, I, this might work." No, I think I'll endure a few babies instead of giving yeah, I, I yeah, taking the shot there, man. To be uh, honest, and also it said in the article that they reported no side effects. Yeah. Really, right? Yeah. I drive heave every time I see a needle. <laughs> Dude, you get there's side effects from those little pills just like like you want to take a cough medication pill. There's side effects to that, right? Like death this will cause death. Imagine injecting yourself there. How can there not be side effects in it? Like how could they not? Well, have you ever had any work down there? I had a I had a vasectomy and I still can't eat frozen peas to this day. <laughs> True story, by the way. Because they resemble the, the size? Is that what it no, is? You no. have to put them on there. How dare you? You have to put them on there. Yes. Oh, the little peas. Yeah. I just whatever, That's wrong. My, my wife's version, she just wears a Wilford Brimley mask. And then we're... Everything's Birth good. control. Yeah, birth control right All done. there. No more children. All done. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Lead story two. Electric Boogaloo. So, gentlemen... Disney is uh, doing something interesting right now. Dumbo and other old movies get a content warning on Disney+. Plus. What's happening is that they're putting a wait, warning. Wait, yes. a content warning on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Disney, tell people what Disney+, Plus is. Disney+, Plus is a Disney version of Netflix, basically. Netflix. So they now have a new, a new service that's streaming. Yes. yes. Okay, so they have Perfect. a content warning on... Yes. On the old films, the rated G films that we yes. all grew up with. Yes. yes. Okay. And so they put a content warning yes. on And them. this is a warning they put on them. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural uh, depictions. 
That's the warning these uh, children movies are getting now. Huh. Oh, well, you know what? Let me say this. Disclaimer for me. I yes. currently have a pilot in development with Disney. Okay. And so I'm not in any way biased, but I think this is a genius idea. Okay. Okay. Uh, because it's saying this program is presented as originally created, so they're they're actually still showing so the movie, not cutting things out. They're still not they're not cutting anything out. They We're just say it show may you contain this great film. outdated cultural depictions. Yeah, I mean, like Dumbo. I remember being a kid watching Dumbo and the Crows and thinking, uh-huh. well, that's racist. And I was seven. I said, that's, right. that's a terrible thing. So and I was just, seven. So people at home know uh, they had a crow named Jim, Jim Crow. crow. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Right. In current <laughs> standards. Yes. Maybe yeah. back when they made it, it right. was just kind of a funny it was a joke for their joke, audience. Yeah, and, which and, is yeah. interesting. Right. So yeah, nowadays I get how people mm-hmm. can go. What? So are we going to throw out the entire film now? Maybe not. Lady and the Tramp. They have an issue apparently with the Siamese cat song. Oh, it, right. right. I won't sing right. the song because apparently people from Siam, which doesn't exist anymore, right? There is no Siam. Or it's the cats silent. will be offended. The cats will be offended. That's Rear! the problem. Yeah. Rear! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but well, this brings up an interesting case because I actually kind of agree with you that I like the angle Disney is taking yeah, with that. they're not censoring. They're not getting rid of it. No, they're just saying, they're hey, just look, saying, this hey. might be something you don't like. Right. You know, okay. Right, because there's things in R-rated films that right. I don't like. Right. Right? Yes. And we have our ratings. And by the way, everything in an X-rated film, Antonio likes. Right, exactly. Which we need to work with that. <laughs> You've got a problem. Practically. <laughs> hey, look, honestly, I, I think I should have a warning on myself because I'm going to say outdated cultural things too occasionally. But that's the so, same. You know. That's exactly <laughs> no, it, gentlemen. But, but does that yeah. mean I shouldn't like Jim Hope? Right. No, you shouldn't dislike me if I say something dumb. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's fine. I still exist. I Then I can apologize. And it's almost like an, it's like a way of saying, but hey, it, look, But it's like a work. thing that almost doesn't need to be said because everything, yeah. and I mean absolutely everything, is going to contain outdated cultural depictions at one point or another. Well, everything. You okay. say everything. So, I say. So we're going to talk mm. to you. Yes. Because you're Hispanic. You grew up in what I country? Am. You were born in yeah. what country? <laughs> El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. You grew can up you in Los say Angeles. American? I grew up in L.A. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. But but so what? Well, honestly, I love you Speedy and I have Gonzalez. not had this conversation before. I love Speedy Gonzalez. Honestly, I love Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> I would be friends with Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. He's about funny man. Poke? What about slow poking? Slow poking. Remember slow poke. His his. No, I don't. He was saying it was Speedy. Slowpoke was like, oh, yeah, see. And he was oh, everything really Dude, I mean, honestly, God, I feel like we're surrendering our culture to the yeah. weakest among us. Right. Could there be a Latino out there who's offended by that? Yeah, there probably is. Slow down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Say your phrase again. We're surrendering our culture to the weakest among us. Interesting. That yeah, is an interesting I mean, concept. Because think about it. I mean... Is there going to be a Latino out there who's probably offended at? Yeah, I probably. But I think the majority of people, man, the majority mm. of people are smart enough to know, uh, you know, context. They're smart enough to know it's the past. They're smart enough to just understand that, like, there's no harm. What, being what kind of things? I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. What kind of things offend you? Obviously, there's stuff that offends you. There's stuff that offends me. Very little, to you be know, honest. Very, very little. Well, you know what? I honestly am never offended by anything because if I if somebody says something that might might be you're married to an African American woman, wife is, so yes. you probably get. I, I we hear all kinds of stuff. You but get I don't, a pass. But to me, to me personally, I don't get offended by anything because, frankly, as soon as you say something, I just go. I, I don't want to give you the power. 
of offending me. Once you, if you can offend me, you have power over me. If you say something that's silly or dumb or, or, or something that would be offensive, I just say, I dismiss it. And I dismiss your idea immediately, and then I'm not offended by it. I, I get that. So I used to date a Puerto Rican girl who looked African-American. Mm-hmm. And, I, and this is almost 30 years ago. Right, right, right. So it's a, kind of a different time in our culture a little bit. Yeah. Not entirely, not like the 60s, but uh, I no one ever came up to me and gave me garbage about it. Right, right, right. But she got it all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. Yeah. from African-Americans. Why are you with him? Why yep. are you with him? Why are you with him? My wife to me, it was like, yeah. your wife got the same? Yeah, 28 years ago we when we were first dating. And when we started dating 29 years ago. But yeah, I mean, during that period. It's a long time Has ago. Has it changed now, though? It's a little better, but there's still there's still that stuff. And my daughter gets it sometimes because she's biracial. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's out there still. But it's not coming from white people, typically. Okay. Uh, you know. Okay, guys, that was really interesting, but we've got to move on. Today, our guest in the studio is a new friend of mine. His name is Devin Soto, and he has a new bestseller coming out. It's called Awaken the Legend, 30 Keys to Unlocking Your, your Potential. Yay, Devin! Yay. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, man. 30 Keys to Lock- Unlocking Your Potential. I like that. That's actually a perfect title for Man Up because our show is really about taking men and having them be the hero of the week and not be the bonehead of the week. That's kind of what we want to do. So your book right there, Awaken the Legend, is a great addition to our show. Thank you for coming, buddy. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Bud. Thank you. So if you could summarize the book, tell us what it's about. Uh, basically, this is 30 keys that I have learned throughout my life that help you become a better you? you. How old are you? 23. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You learned these 30 keys in 23 years? That's over yeah, one a thing. year. Yeah, that's that's a, one and a half, almost one and a half a year, that's brother. That's fantastic. I'm impressed. Yeah. No, You're same here. That's what I was yeah, telling him. Absolutely. Right. Are you looking to be adopted? Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you adopt me. Because I could use a son like you. I mean, it was embarrassing. Not my son, but it, I'll take another. It was embarrassing what I did at 23, man. So yeah. this is so impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I never had a book at 23. I'm no. impressed. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So what are the keys? Um, one main one is mentorship. Okay. So this is the quickest way that I have learned how to, you know, just live the best life possible. So through mentorship, it's basically someone that is where you want to be right now. And they take you from point A to point B. It's just a straight path. There's no like, you're, you're not wobbling. You're not going around in circles anymore. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But how do you convince them to, to believe in you enough to do that? Yeah, how do you get a mentor? Right? Yeah. The book. Like, oh, you just hold tell the book you? and go, sir, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you read the book and you learn these principles that you no, start No, no, I get that. Life. But how do you convince the mentor to mentor you? There's paid mentors out there if you need paid them. Mentors. Paid mentors. Yeah. Really? Seriously? Yes. Oh, oh Jim, we're going to be rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a job for myself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say how much it paid. Oh, Guys, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> There really is paid mentors. Yeah, that's fantastic. there are people that are willing to teach you business coaching. Oh, I like that. So basically, you learn how to walk and talk from your parents. Obviously, they don't charge you, right? But one major thing is that if you want to learn how to play the music, like the drum set or the guitar, then you hire a coach. In the same way, you hire a mentor to teach you business skills. You hire a mentor to teach you life skills. You hire a mentor for your health. 
like a yeah a fitness coach you know yeah so where'd you grow up i grew up in san diego Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah, you've already started out well. I know. <laughs> I love San Diego. Yeah. How did you get interested in this? What was your life like? Uh, basically, I grew up in a middle-class family, and I, I just had everything handed to me, and I wanted to find my own path through life. I didn't want to live um, through the means of my parents, you know? I grew up in a middle-class family, and nobody handed me anything. No. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> impressed with your family, by the way. They were great so, parents. Do they want to they adopt anyone? Because I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, where can people find you? People can find me. They can go to my website, devinsoto.com. For everybody here today, um, if you text the number 619-500-1607, I will send you guys. First of all, you guys need to send me a text with your name and email, and I will send you guys a free PDF. Of Say the number book. again real quick. 500-1607-619 is the area code. It's a great book. But great coming book. up right yeah. after the break, if you want to hear more from him, you need to listen online with us. We're going to finish the interview with him. Yes. But coming up right after this, we have the legendary comedian and weathercaster from NBC News, Prince Colvin. Right. Come on back. Hey, this is Antonio Delgado, host of Man Up. You hear me give funny and serious opinions on some of the biggest issues facing man today. Through my law offices in Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Orange County, and Houston, I man up for you to help you and your family at the most difficult times of your life. So if you want a caring and compassionate fighter for your rights to a great life in America, call me. 213-266-7900 and I'll be there for you. That's 213-266-7900. Welcome. You've tuned in to Man Up, heard each and every Saturday evening at 8, where host Antonio Delgado, Carl Kozlowski, and Ron Pearson, along with their guests, take a stand for modern manhood. Stand up and man up, America. And now, your hosts, Antonio, Carl, and Ron. Welcome back to the Man Up Show on AM870KRLA, The Answer. The Answer. The Answer from Los Angeles, California. And today, to be honest, I'm honored to uh, introduce one of my friends for, I think, over 30 years now. Unbelievable. I met him a long time ago, and he's kind of instrumental in how my career even got a little boost in it but i would like to introduce the uh honestly he's the prognosticator mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of honestly i don't know what how you can see the future the way you do but mm-hmm. he tells us how the weather is going to be for the next 48 72 hours i don't know who can do that <laughs> i don't know who can do that that's uh, amazing god can do it but i don't i'm not going to call you god but i am going to call you the best weatherman in los angeles from nbc studios ladies and gentlemen let's give it up for fritz coleman fritz coleman, fritz coleman. Fritz. boy there's a lot of testosterone <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah happy to be part of it hey fritz it's actually drizzling today so is this like the version of Stormwatch in la <laughs> this is uh what we have don't make fun of this we have a stage two drizzle advisory <laughs> Um, there are people sandbagging and calling their insurance brokers. It's a very, very, it's a dark time. 
<laughs> I'm sure that's well, not far from the truth. The three comedians on my feet up. That's how much pressure I'm under. <laughs> 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 well, at least you don't have my wife telling me telling you right now that this is earthquake weather because for her everything is earthquake. Weather. <laughs> no. Is there a you real know, earthquake weather? Biggest, that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Oh, so you can you know, you'll have a little information to argue with. There, there is no such thing as earthquake weather. Oh no, oh, you can't say that. Jim. You cannot. Oh, what you're you in trouble. Now. Oh, lordy lord. <laughs> People I, beat me up about that all the time. I, I, I knew it was going to be a quake. There was earthquake weather. I said, if you knew there was going to be a quake, I can make you a very wealthy person. In <laughs> man, oh. oh, man. She says it, and I just start shaking the chair that she's in. You know, I just go, okay, you're right. <laughs> By the way, Fritz, I mean, honestly, you, along with joke writers and baseball, and baseball batters, you can be right. 33% of the time, and you're a genius. How does that happen? No, it is. It's the, I, I've said this, as you know, in my act, it's the only job in America where you can be wrong 90% of the time and not get fired. As long as you tank, it's, like, it's kind of like stand-up, but not quite as severe. As long as you tank with humility, and, and you know, do it with a wink. I always say that being a successful television weatherman is learning to suffer public humiliation. <laughs> my new, my new life motto is tank with humility. I love that. that that's all you got to do, man. If you just do it, say I'm sorry. I took a shot. Please forgive me. People love that you're not perfect. Oh, that's you know. Fantastic. You know what? But you are close to perfect in my book because when I was getting married 21 years ago. I was calling you by the hour because, by the way, Jim Hope sitting across from me was invited to my wedding, uh -huh. but his daughter was too young and we couldn't pay 125 bucks a head for everybody that wanted to bring their little kids to the well, I'm thing, saying, yeah. and that would have cost me thousands and thousands ah. more. So I had to say no, <laughs> so they couldn't come because they're underage ones. But I was calling you literally by the hour at your offices there in NBC and going, what's the weather like now? Because it was overcast, and I, I would have had to spend another, like, 10 grand to tent the area mm -hmm. and fritz was going ron it's going to be overcast there's going to be rain but not in your area don't buy it don't do it and honestly i've been so thankful to you ever since wow you know let me just take this out. yeah i hate to kiss up the comedians because they never take it well but uh I, I just value your friendship you are you are one of the quality people in our business and honestly you are a great success story in our business as well from your show warm-ups and your concerts, and I've used you in my nonprofit work. Uh, you, you are you are uh, you are a a good human being, a good person in a business not known for that. If you know what I'm saying. So agreed. Anyway. Agreed I, on every level. That is absolutely. That is perfect. I'm that actually exactly true. A little taken f for words, yeah. but thank you. And to be honest, guys. Uh, I'll say the same thing about all of you. Like, Ron, I meet you and I meet your friends. All of you guys are incredible human beings, man. I'm not in the business, but you, you guys uh, the, you guys have gave a very positive image to the business because all of you guys are incredible, man. Really and, and, and the quality of a person is always reflected in their children. And the story of his daughter and how she has uh, turned to a fundraising and nonprofit work and... Mm -hmm. and his heroic son who struggles but has the great support of his parents. It's always reflected in the children, and uh, I'm proud of him for 
I, I'm proud for him about his children. And uh, he's got many friends and uh, just a good guy. So that's enough of the suck up. Let's <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Just yeah. so about literally to tear up. <laughs> yeah, please. No, he's not about to tear up. He's he actually is tearing tearing up. up. Yeah, really? Just to let you know. Yeah, he's actually, he is. Oh, Ron. Oh, Ron. Yeah. We love you, brother. Well, we really do. Hey, it's okay for a man to do that. I cry. No, literally, for the right things. I cry more older now. Like, I. <laughs> oh yeah. My yeah. we were watching a movie um well we had we had a guest oh, yeah. on a couple a uh, week or two ago from last week Michael Chabosky. Yeah, Michael yeah. Chabosky who made the show um uh, Perks of Being a Perks Wallflower. Perks of Being a Wallflower Fantastic and I was guy. bawling during the movie and my wife looks at me and she goes, "You're crying at a teen movie?" I think you need to talk to your therapist about this. <laughs> no, but you. No, I, I do the same thing. I uh, I do the same thing with music. When you're young, you listen to the music for the rhythm and the music track, and when you get older, you listen to the lyrics. And I find myself, you know, here comes a Barry Manilow song. I'm going, God, that's the most beautiful thing. I've ever heard. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm an old person who's easily touched. I'm the same way. I, I even cry at Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> I saw Hobbs and Shaw, and I was a mess. Jesus, is this my future? Oh, my God. By the way, I got engaged at a Barry Manilow concert, just so you know. So uh, a lot of people, uh, two radio stations talked about that engagement for an hour in Los Angeles. Each radio station. Wow. One said it was the well, most. Well, you know, uh, one of my Tonight Show appearances, Barry Manilow was the headliner. Oh, wow. And if you ever have a chance to do a, 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 a show and Barry's the headliner, refuse it out of here. <laughs> his nobody, fans are... This is in the time when he was, you know, it was Copacabana and all of his major hits. Right. And this was Johnny Carson. And and people were camping out. These, oh, yeah. These, uh, women who were, you know, post-50 and... Uh, and oh, they were they were camping out at the NBC studios in Burbank overnight to see Manilow, and they couldn't have cared less about this young comedian. They're oh, talking through my oh, performance. Yes. Yes. All they wanted to do was to get to Barry singing, and it was one of the most horrible experiences of my life. But I give him credit for it. He, he he controlled the whole environment. It was well made. He's very talented, but I just I didn't like being a comic on his. Oh no, because the first words are "Hi, I'm," and they're "Where's Barry?" <laughs> exactly, precisely. Ironically, I was hired to do the year I got engaged. I was hired to do his whole tour, thirty-three cities. And uh, there were seven or eight I couldn't make, and so they decided to go with someone else. Um, so I would have had the Menlo experience on that. But uh, what's funny is I've been at some of your shows, uh, and I've done – you do – to be honest, and now I'm going to get on Fritz's bandwagon because you could sit back and do your newscast, but you're a great comedian – but you use your comedy to go out and raise funds for so many great organizations, and you're just like a juggernaut. You don't stop. You keep doing it. And by the way, when I get there, you hand me a little envelope, and later I open it. It has money in it. I'm guessing it's coming from your pocket. I tried to do the same thing when I did a benefit and you came did mine. I tried to give you money, and you refused it. <laughs> and well, my point is here's why I do that. Uh, first of all, I have the gift of this wonderful day job. 
being a weatherman in a town with no weather. So out of a sense of guilt, I, I, I do a lot of nonprofit work, and just like you, my friend, and that's why you and I connect. It's the it's the best part of my life. I always tell people on the personal satisfaction scale, uh, doing those uh, community outreach jobs is far more satisfying than being inaccurate about the weather four out of five days. <laughs> I can, but I also uh, I love it when I do those nonprofit shows. I pay the comics because working comedians, regardless of what level they're at, are giving up a seventh of their work week to come and be a part of my show. I have a day job, and I'm not do- I- I'm not giving up anything to be part of this nonprofit. But when they give up a part of their work week, I at least like to throw them a little. So I can't pay them what they're worth, obviously, because it's nonprofit. And you're right; it does come from my pocket because I'm not paid for those things. But I, I just think I, it, they need to understand my sincerity and appreciating the fact that they're, they could be getting a paid gig somewhere and they're coming to spend time with me. Well, so, you just said the word. It's sincerity, and I picked that up, up on that from you 30 years ago, and I've always known you've been that kind of guy, and, and uh, I always sing your praises, and I'm really thankful to know you as a friend and, and appreciate you. And, and to be honest, you – but, but – you you you're talking about your generosity to the comedians. I'm going to say a lot of people would have your job and sit back and not do the generosity to all the nonprofits and people who need money. You do it for the fire department. You do it for so many different groups of people over the years. It's unbelievable. I just love it. It's honest to God. I don't know if you call it a hobby or an avocation, but it's very important to me. It's always been important to me, and I hope. Uh, it's obvious that you do the very same thing, Ron, and you pass that along to your children. I I hope that my children just understand that the the key to it is if you experience any success at all is to give it back, and it will be even more important than whatever you make in your job or whatever you do uh, to to pay your bills. It will be the most important part of your life. Uh, Honestly, uh, I, uh, I would be much less satisfied if I didn't have the ability to do those things. I love it. So. And Fritz, do you have anything coming up right now? Is there a show or anywhere anyone can see you right now? Well, I have, uh, I have a, uh, uh, I'm doing a fundraiser in Ventura County on Saturday night, Care for Kids, about, about nice. the, the auction. I'm going to be at the Ice House this Sunday for their 7 o'clock show. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a senior center at Rancho Margarita. I'm all over the place. Oh, wow. I uh, my demographic now is old people and their parents, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I'm, I'm doing that because this Ron will tell you this current block of material I'm doing. I have a title for it. it's called Defying Gravity. It's about being over fifty. So I'm getting invited to do a lot of these. Uh, oh, that's you know, my, my favorite line. Years. My favorite line you had. It had to do with uh, certain commercial on the air and you do you remember the joke mm-hmm. the testosterone commercial yeah i'm 20 years older you're right say it say yeah. the joke uh my i i was watching television and it occurred to me this is a, i mean uh, the title of this block of my material is every day something reminds you you're getting old just so you don't forget <laughs> one of the signs i was getting old is i was watching television and it occurred to me i'm 20 years older 
than the guy they have doing the low testosterone commercial. <laughs> and, I, and, and they've got this guy, he's a perfect human being, he's like a statue. So he's going, you know, I've reached an age now where my testosterone level is lower than it used to be. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if his testosterone level is low, <laughs> how low must mine be? I better check because I might have to change the gender on my driver's license. <laughs> And I'm younger so, than... And then it goes on and on. But uh, the, the, that, that's the block of material I'm doing now. So I'm getting a lot of older audiences, but I'm having a blast. I love it. I'm younger than you, and I've realized I'm 20 years older than the guy they use on the ED commercial. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it happens yeah. fast. Yeah. Hey, hey, how did you become a comedian, and how come you have two different tracks of life? Because to become a great weatherman takes one thing, and to become a great comedian takes another other thing each well, honestly I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you how they happened i came out to la in 1980 to do uh, stand up i had been uh, in radio for 15 years and i was i was getting jobs mc in nightclubs it used to be in in the old days of top 40 radio you would get invited to mc at clubs and i began to write material for myself just as something to say when i'm emceeing these shows right and i got fairly proficient at it Mm. As they say in the business, I had a tight 15 worked out. I, nice. you know, was, yeah. I had 15 minutes. And then that was the era, this was like late 70s and early 80s, yeah. when in order to be a success in the stand-up business, you had to come out to L.A. and work at the comedy store. People like Leno and Letterman were always mentioning they're going to be at the comedy store. And so it was that thing where you had to, you had to come out and work at the comedy store. So I came out here in 1980. I wasn't good enough to be a paid performer, so I was doing all the open mics. And then in 1982, my friend uh, that was uh, a reporter at Channel 4 brought his boss and his boss's wife to see me. I was doing a set at the Comedy Store on a Friday yeah. night. Well, that's a big deal, and, too. Yeah, that's huge. And it, was, it, was, it was just a great, I always say this is the greatest stroke of luck since that woman was discovered at Schwab's pharmacy back in the 40s. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, so I was doing the show, and after the show, he brought his boss back. My friend brought his boss backstage to meet me, and his boss said to me, I know this is really an odd question, but do you have any desire to do some vacation fill-in weather work for me and some vacation relief during the week? I've got a main weatherman who hasn't had a vacation in a year. I would love to use you as a utility player. I'm just looking for somebody that can have fun with it and, you know, have a little personality. And, you know, you know, Ron, I was making 25 to $40 a set at the, at the comedy store. I said, right. oh, my God, when do you want me to start? <laughs> right. <This is> <laughs> so you said, so, never. Get away. Get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. And, and I got the weekend filling wow. job. And then two years later, my predecessor left to go over to CBS and I was bumped up, and I've been here 38 years. Wow. It's the greatest, yeah. that, it's the greatest stroke of luck of anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm so fortunate. The older I get, the more fortunate I realize I've been. You say fortunate, but to be honest, you're a quality person. You're easy to be around. You're friendly. You're lovable. And you're talented. So yeah, you say luck, but you know, hard work, 
All, I, I tell my kids this all the time. Hard work always pays off. It might not pay off in the few minutes, but being polite and hardworking, you will get so far in life. Just mm-hmm. do those things and life will... Hard work is the best kind of luck. Yeah. I, mean, I love to say, work yeah. and I, I never had to give up stand-up. I work every week, lots of sets every week. And so a stand-up was my dream. The, the only thing, and this is, you know, you, you, you always look for a teachable moment with your children as you did and I did too. I always say the only thing I brought to the table was I wasn't afraid to try something I hadn't set out to do. I didn't set out nice. to be a weatherman. Yeah. This nice. guy presented this opportunity and I looked at the positive and the negative about it and I thought being on TV in LA is not a bad thing no, no. matter what you're trying to do. Right. So I said yes and I just all I had was the bravery to try it. Some would say stupidity. <laughs> but I just say to my sons, opportunities will present themselves to you in your life. And you just have to assess it and have the guts to try it. And if it doesn't work, at least you gave it a shot. Mine happened to work, and I've been a beneficiary of a lot of good luck and good timing. So uh, that, that's all I brought to the table. You and I did a, uh, a concert together 31 and a half years ago with Rich Hall and Richard Belzer, both legends in comedy. And we were in Santa Barbara with Bud Friedman, the uh, godfather of comedy, the uh, creator of the improv uh, uh, legends, and uh, and and we were at that show, and I remember having a blast with you, and I think you and I kind of stole the show from Rich and Richard, and uh, and when I got back to L.A., that's how my career kind of started because. Uh, Bud Friedman goes, uh, Ron Pearson and Fritz Coleman stole the show from Rich Hall and Richard Belza up in Santa <laughs> well, you got Barbara. You representation out of that show. I did. You? I did from Bud, Bud Robinson. Oh, that's right. And his right, son. Who, who used to represent Doc Severinsen and I think for a while Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. He toured with Carson. He toured with Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole, and, uh, and his son is my current agent to this day. So that family's yeah. run my career for over 30 years in this in this business and uh i'm very thankful for it but thanks to you and that show and that what a what a great night that, that was, was. Fun. <laughs> that was a big theater what was the name of that place it looked like the ceiling was painted with little silver dots to make it look like you were outdoors at yeah night. what was the name of it i don't remember the what? name of it. it was the main drag it's about 2,000 seats and we had a great a crowd theater. beautiful mm-hmm. theater and we had a blast yeah Mm-hmm. Hey, hey Fritz, and I mean, you guys are, I mean, obviously this job you have is incredible. It's magnificent. And, um, and, but I just have a question. Was there ever any time that you had a struggle or you needed to overcome something or was it always, uh, beautiful? Oh no, there are always struggles. And, and many times, at least with me, as I, I have been my own worst enemy at some times in my life where the struggles are eternal. Yeah. It's not an out. It, it's not an external mm. force. My own self doubt. When I came out here uh, to do comedy in 1980, um, I uh, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I'll tell you, the first night I came out here, I'd never been to L.A. and I went to the comedy store because I knew I wanted to work there. I'd never been there, and I just went in as a paying customer. And on the bill was Jimmy Walker. Ooh. Gary Shandling, who Ooh. was getting ready for his first Tonight Show, right. Billy Crystal, Ooh. doing his Muhammad Ali impersonation, <laughs> and this wonderful comedian who never got the notoriety as a comic, but he was brilliant, and Ron will agree, Charles Fleischer, closed. Oh, right, yeah. And Roger I, I Rabbit. these guys, and I couldn't 
breathe. I was so overwhelmed with feeling like I'd made the biggest mistake in my life. <laughs> Coming out here with these unbelievable talents on this stage, whatever made me think that, <laughs> that I had the chops to come out here and compete with these guys. And I said, well, I'll stay out here until I run out of money. And then I'll go home and beg for my job back and apologize <laughs> to my parents and I'll have a life. But at least I try. So, you know, work just started presenting itself. But so self-doubt has always been my biggest enemy. And, and you can't have that as a comic. It's uh, you, you need to overcome that. So I just worked at it till I, I wasn't beaten up by every bad show. And, and then, then, you get, then you get your chops. Gary Sandling always said it took 20 years to become a proficient stand-up comedian. And that sounds like an exaggeration, but I don't think it is an exaggeration. Ron, oh, would you agree point. with that? Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, here's my thing about what you've done, and I did, I did the same thing. You took your stand-up and then put it into one-man shows, and you've done a few of those. That, to me, is honestly some of the most fulfilling days of my life when you're writing something, directing something. By the way, Jim Hope sitting right across from me helped me write my one-man oh, show. Right, right. Yes, yes, and that right. was, was honestly yeah. one of the my favorite times of performing in my life. That's great. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, I love it. Well, I, I didn't even, I didn't even uh, start out to do the one-man show. I, just, I, I, I even made up a title for it. I just called it a single-topic monologue. <laughs> so I've done four of them. I did the first one about my sons, which was an hour and a half. Then I did one about divorce, which was an hour and a half. Wow. And I did one about the news, which was an hour and a half. Wow. And this latest one, Defying Gravity, is about being over 50. And I just, what I, what I do is, I guess it's like being a joke writer on a talk show. If I have one thing to write about, I can be very prolific. <laughs> I need to have a target. You know? Right, right, right. I can right. sit there until something, uh, you know, moves me. I, I love to have... I, uh, a focus, and so it just became an easy way to write for me. But I love it. What What do you find you know, is the key to joke writing? Besides the target, I don't, I, once you, know, you get I don't the really target, write jokes. I just do concepts. I, I mean, my heroes were always uh, George Carlin and Robert Klein Ooh. because of their use of language. Yeah. You know, their metaphors and that kind of stuff. And it, it wasn't about doing a joke, a setup, and a punchline. And many people are masters at that. I happen to not be that. I just like to talk about common experience with an interesting twist, with a little exaggeration and some interesting wordplay. And that's what's fun for me. And really, uh, for me, the writing is about 50% of the joy of putting the thing on anyway. I just love it. Yeah. Right. Comedian to comedian, uh, I've always loved your stuff, brother. Uh, Fritz, thank you, my friend. Fritz, uh, Fritz Coleman with us here today. Fritz, thank you so much for being us. We really appreciate having yeah, you here with us today. I would do anything for Ron Pearson. He's a quality person. I'm happy to meet you guys, too. Have a great day. Really? Love you. Yeah, thanks. yeah seriously. You, bro. And thanks, Fritz, for being with us today. Really appreciate it. It, uh, we'll let you get back to work. Uh, America needs you. Yeah. We have a little bit of rain <laughs> right Los now. Angeles needs yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on IG. That's uh, Man Up Show. And also on our website, you can follow us there on manupshow.net. .net. And um, thanks for hanging out. This has been Man Up. Man Up! Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.